something's troubling your mind. Well, Gramp, Gramp, I just don't know, like, all the, like, things about Christmas. What do you mean? It's just when Jesus was born as a baby to come down to earth and die for our sins. Yeah, Grandpa, but what about, like, the sheep and the carpenters and, and the manger? Yeah, Grandpa, why so jolly? Let me tell you, let me bring in a few of my friends to tell you all about Christmas. Oh, now we're praying. Dear God, thank you for today. Um, thank you that we get to come here um, and worship you, God. I pray that you would prepare our hearts for worship, God, um, that we would be able to focus on you. And I pray that everything that we do tonight um, would glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Welcome to Firehouse, guys. Um, today is our last Firehouse of the year, and it's also silent night, so go ahead and stand with us, and we're going to sing some songs.
come up and um, tell you a little bit about the shepherds and their significance during the Christmas story. Hello, hello. So, hi. So I'm pretty sure you all know the Christmas story, right? It's one that most everybody knows, but I'm going to talk about a part that's pretty overlooked. We're going to read Luke 2, 8 through 15 here, where it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. When an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the city of David... A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven and on earth, to those whom his favor rests. When the angels left them and went to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, why is this important to us? Why does it matter that of all the people, shepherds were the first to know? So we see imagery of shepherds all throughout the Bible as a symbolism for God leading us. One example here is Psalm 23, 1 through 4, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lies me down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I have no fear for you are with me, you are my rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, uh, hold on. Now, this even has symbolism where these shepherds weren't just any shepherds. These were shepherds that were in charge of uh, Passover lambs, which obviously the Passover, very important festival, very important that this lamb is well kept. So these shepherds would bring the ewes, which is a female uh, lamb or sheep, up to uh, the base of this tower, which is a ceremonial and clean environment. And they would catch the lamb, clean it and inspect it, and wrap the lamb in swaddling cloth and lay them in the manger until it was strong enough so that it wouldn't fall and be like maimed or marred when it fell. Now, the quote of, this is a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger, would have instantly clicked for the shepherds uh, as if the angel telling them, you know, this is the Messiah wasn't enough for them. Uh, that it wasn't just any lamb, but it was the Passover lamb. It was who had come to save them for all of their sins. The shepherds being the first to know is also important in the fact that in society around then, shepherds were one of like the lower, like the lowest class because you lived out with animals all the time. And uh, they, these shepherds in particular were like the night shift ones. So even lower, like they didn't get to go to sleep. They just sleep during the day and not really see anybody. Uh, and why is it important that they hear the first news of the King of Kings, of Jesus being born? Well, it is symbolic also of why Jesus came here. He came for the lowest of the low, the sinners, not for just the high-standing Pharisees or rulers. And this is pretty good. that's pretty good news for us, right? Because we're sinners and There's a punishment for that sin, which is death and eternal separation from God. But instead of leaving us alone to pay for that penalty, which we can never pay for, God sent his son, the perfect sacrifice, for us to take that sin and bear it when we don't deserve that. But I want you to also notice that the shepherds didn't just sit on the information they were given. They didn't just stay there and say, well, that's cool. Jesus is here. We're going to just take it take that as at face value and just stay here. They, they acted on it. 
they went out when they were told where to find Jesus. And when Jesus was there, uh, this gives us an example of when we hear Jesus, we shouldn't just just like look at it and say, that's enough, that's all I need. We should follow after him and not rest just on what we're told. So we need to be more like the shepherds, right? They hear of God. They are the low class. They are the people who have heard of God before, but they don't sit on it. They don't just keep it to themselves. Go out and they seek more and they find Jesus. So we need to be more like them and we're going to pray real quick and we're going to keep going. So dear Lord, I want to thank you that we're all here. I want to ask that we would be more like those shepherds, more open to go run after you and find you even when we've already been told what we should be thinking we go find more learn more about you i want to ask that the rest of this will touch our hearts and we will learn more about you and that through this we will all be better for it in jesus name we pray amen
Hey guys, I'm Corbin. For any of you guys that don't know, I'm going to be talking about the fact that Jesus came from Joseph, a carpenter, today. So the passage that I'm reading from is going to be Matthew 13, 53 through 58. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom in these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not, is, not his Mary called Mar- is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his, in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The carpentry back then was not this high up job, nor is it today, but it's, it's, a, it's a social low that is considered there. It's not like, like anywhere high up in the ranks by any means whatsoever. So Jesus coming from there means a whole lot. And it's, it, to put it in perspective, we'll do a little hypothetical. Do we have any Taylor Swift fans in here? She's pretty popular, right? Saul, I'm looking at you, right? But... Imagine Taylor Swift was from Merritt Island, right? And she came back here, and everyone was disgusted by her, right? That would not, that's not very, like, that doesn't sound realistic at all, whatsoever, right? Because it's, it's, she's so popular, and she's seen as so, she was like a, such, a, such a popular figure, but that's kind of what this is. Like, Jesus was this massive, like, he's, he's so important in, like, history. He's the most important history figure in the world, right? But they were disgusted by him. And he says, he says in he says a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own household. That's basically saying that Nazareth should have known him best and should have been like proud of him and like like that that it's just he he was from there. They should have known him best, but they didn't. They they were disgusted by him. And Jesus came down from being with God and took on the criticism that came with being from the lowly carpenter's house. Um, and he did that for all of us. He did that because he loves us and that no one could see him as this unreachable ruler. And I think that's so admirable so that no one can look at Jesus and think he's too far above them, right? He's, they, no one can look at Jesus and say that they don't deserve him because everyone, like we don't deserve him, but he came down for us. Therefore, we get him, right? And that's, that's the ultimate act of humility, the fact that he came down from being with God and having everything to come down to have nothing, just to be with you and save everyone, right? That's the ultimate act of humility. So we're about to sing a song called Behold Him. And it's got, in one of the first verses, it's got this line, he who heard humility's cry left his throne to wake as a child. He became like the least of us. Behold him. I want you guys to think about that and just think about what it meant that God came down to be with us as we sing this next song.
All right, what's up? I'm going to be talking about the manger, right? So the verses, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So at first you might think the manger, like that seems pretty insignificant, but kind of the point is that it is really insignificant. So, so three things that are important to keep in mind is one, that Jesus wasn't born into royalty, right? He wasn't born like with fanfare. So when Jesus came down to earth, he went from being the literal like creator of the universe, living in heaven, having angels worship him, to being born in such loneliness that he had to sleep in the equivalent of like a dog bowl, right? It was literally like where the animals would go and eat. So the second thing to remember is that Jesus wasn't born into comfort, right? So when Jesus came down from earth, he came from the most incredible, enjoyable place that there ever has been. But he went from that to literally sleeping in a wood box filled with hay, right? And then Jesus wasn't born into glory, right? Jesus went from being the highest being in the entire universe, um, incomprehensibly just more glorious than we will ever be to immediately just resting where the lowest creatures on earth would eat, right? So big contrast there. So that's really important, right? And that tells us a lot about God, but what can we do about it, right? Like what should we take away and learn from that? I think it tells us three things, right? We should try and live like Jesus did. So let's try to reflect what Jesus did in our lives. So first off is just like Jesus gave up royalty, we should give up our ambition, right? For selfish success, for others, right? So we should be willing to do that. So Jesus gave uh, up his position and status for all of us, right? Out of love because he was royalty and then he, he went to the list of low. So we like that should be willing to give up our ambition for success, right? Our drive for status, whatever that looks like, we should give that up to love others. So whether it's what job you think you want to have, um, where you're going to sit at lunch, whatever it is, you should put aside your want like your selfish needs for status. And just like Jesus, um, give that up for other people, whatever that looks like in your life, whether it's changing your job because you think that's what God wants you to do because you'll be able to help more people like that. Whatever it is, we should give up our personal one for status for other people, right? And Jesus gave up comfort, right? He gave up comfort. So what should we do about that? We should give up what we want right? Whether it's comfort, whether it's riches, whatever it is, we need to give up what we want and how we want to live our lives for others, right? So Jesus came down and gave up his comfort for us. He gave up what he would have personally wanted so that he could come and be miserable, right? He was literally sleeping in a box, right? So we should reflect that in our lives. So we should be willing to give up the things that we want or desire for others. So if you're playing if you're playing sports, if you're doing school, wherever, whatever it is that you're making decisions in, right, just life, you shouldn't make your decisions centered around yourself, right? Because that's not what Jesus did. We should make our decisions centered around other people, centered around what God would want us to do and how God would want us to love others, right? And the final thing is Jesus gave up glory right? Like he was in heaven and then he went to the lowliest of low. So he gave up glory. So what we should do is we shouldn't do anything for credit. We shouldn't do do anything to glorify or to praise ourselves, right? So Jesus gave up his infinite glory. He gave up his status so that we could go to heaven, right? So that he could save us. So we should not live selfish lives that revolves around us being glorified, others thinking that we look cool, Um, just whatever that looks like, we should give that up, 
right? So whether it's you're trying to look cool in school by being mean to someone else, um, whether it's choosing a job where you'll look flashy, be able to have lots of money, but then you don't give that money to other people, right? We shouldn't live selfish lives to glorify ourselves. We should do what Jesus did and give up any potential glory. We should live um, for other people. So those are the things that I think that Jesus being in the manger shows us. So let's pray. Um, dear God, thank you so much that you came down as a, as a baby to save us, God. Thank you that you gave up um, everything, an incomprehensible um, amount of glory, amount of comfort, amount of riches. You gave all of that up for us, God. So I pray that we would remember that and our lives would reflect that we believe that truth and our lives would reflect um, trying to live like you. But we can't live like you, God. We can't do it. We've tried and we failed, God. So I pray that you would help us do that and that you would make us into new creatures, new creatures that would um, reflect what you want for our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Hey guys, um, my name's Zeb. I'll be sharing a little bit. Um, Avery referenced the shepherds in Luke 2.8 when he, when he said, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Corbin referenced Jesus being the son of a carpenter in Matthew 13, 54 through 55, which says, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty, mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his Mary is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And Logan referenced the manger in Luke 2.16, which says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Jesus, through the display of the shepherds and his dad being a carpenter, which he was shamed for, and Jesus being born as a human and laid in a manger, expressed his great humility. He laid down his power and he was humble beyond measure. However, those do not come even like even close at all to his most humble act. Um, Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking, by taking the form of a man, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It's crazy to think that God, crazy to think that Jesus, being God in flesh, did not consider himself as God's equal. He considered himself as a man. He was a, he was a, he was one of us. He, he lowered himself to that point. He went from infinite power and infinite joy and infinite everything to a man that had nothing, who was born in a manger, who had a carpenter as a dad, who was made fun of all the time, who wasn't accepted even in his own hometown. Like, think about if, if you were God, if you were, the, if you were the ruler of the universe and you came down, you would want to express that. You, your, your pride would say, I'm the most important person here. And even sometimes us not being God, we say that. We're like, oh, we're better at this thing than some other person. We're better at math, sports, I don't know, whatever you're better at. <laughs> but Jesus had everything. Jesus was better at everything. And he didn't express that. He was completely humble. And the crazier thing than even that, the crazier thing that he didn't even boast about it was that he humbled himself to being a slave to everyone he's around. He was a bond servant. He washed people's feet. He did many acts of service for everybody. And he even humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. He laid down his life in the most humiliating, painful, and torturous experience that anybody could ever imagine. It was the worst. He was separated from God. But the good news is, is that he didn't stay that way. He rose from the dead three days later. And Jesus won't be humiliated, humiliated anymore, but instead glorified. Philippians 2, 9 through 10 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The story of Christmas highlights Jesus' humility. But more than that, 
it highlights his eventual glorification. It's not that Jesus will forever stay in this place of being just crucified on a cross, but that he rose three days later and that we can believe in him for that and that he is so much more than just a man because if he is a man, none of this means anything. But that he is God in, in man's form and that he died and rose three days later for us. Jesus loves you and wants to share his glory with you at the end. Let him into your heart. It'll change your life. It's changed mine. Um, So let's just continue to worship him in these final two songs and just let him into your heart.
for this day. Um, we thank you that you are with us and that you sent your um, son, Jesus Christ, to come down and die for us so that we can be with you. Um, I pray that during this um, Christmas season, we just focus on you and not on ourselves and that we'd focus on your glory and what you had to do for us to be with you. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen.